This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to The Stand with Amy Dumphy. Now, in the United States, the 2024 presidential election, which is set for the coming November, is set to be a rematch of the 2020 presidential election. The two candidates are almost certain to be President Joe Biden for the Democrats and former President Donald Trump for the Republicans in New Hampshire. Trump had a convincing victory over Nikki Haley, who is the former UN ambassador under Trump's presidency indeed, but she is facing obliteration in the next primary, which is in her home state, where she was governor of South Carolina. It is believed that Trump, according to polls, is 30 points ahead in her home state. She may wish to avoid that embarrassment, but that's how things stand. And we're joined now. It's a pleasure to welcome back to the stand after our break, Niall Stanich. Niall is Associate Editor of The Hill, a very respected Washington newspaper. He is also White House columnist for The Hill. Niall, it's nice to have you back and we wish you a happy new year. And you? It's going to be a hell of a new year. This is a big deal, isn't it, this election? Mm -hmm. And many people around the world will be watching. There are a lot of elections this year, European elections, elections in the UK, but nothing will trump this election in terms of the stakes. Do the Americans have that feeling too? I think they do, for the most part. I think that there is a recognition that this forthcoming election will be really about what America means and what America is in a way that was not necessarily the case, say, in elections maybe 16 or 20 or 24 years ago. Of course, there's always been, obviously, divisions between Republicans and Democrats, But now I think you get the sense of people living in very different worlds and simply not agreeing on really any uh, common ground at all. There's a very good piece uh, in the New York Times um, on Thursday by Peter Baker, a very good journalist, talking about the idea that there's now uh, a red nation and a blue nation under a sort of federation, but not really the same country because people are looking at everything from such massively divergent perspectives. Yes, and there's no doubt who governs the red nation, as it Mm -hmm. were, 
It is Donald Trump. His behaviour, his rhetoric, even the other night when he beat Nikki Haley, his lack of graciousness, his rather contemptible insults that he levelled at her, and this talk of his enemies or his political opponents being vermin, of people who are migrating to the United States, you know, poisoning the blood of our people. Mm. This is this is Hitler talk. This is really serious stuff. He appears to have lost it in a certain kind of way. He can't even pretend now. And there's something ugly emerging, isn't there? Well, it is certainly extremely sinister rhetoric. I mean, terms like vermin and poisoning the blood. And beyond the actual word choices used. Uh, Trump now talks quite openly about uh, seeking retribution, about using the justice system to go after his enemies. He gave an interview in which he basically suggested that if he were back in power and a political rival were in a primary or general election challenging him, you could just indict them on on some sort of criminal charges and that would take care of that. He would claim that that is what's happened to him. I don't think his interpretation is borne out by the facts there. It's also worth noting, Eamon, that there have been now a number of reports about allies of his planning a situation where what Irish or British people would call the civil service was yes. um, transformed to get rid of independent uh, employees and install in their place a political patsies, in effect, so that you would then remove uh, further guardrails to the agenda that Trump would wish to enact if he were indeed elected. Yes, I mean, one of the most extraordinary things I've ever heard from a politician anywhere in free society was his call that Mark Milley, the former chairman's joint chiefs of staff, should be executed. This was in relation to a call Milley had a back channel to China. I think the crisis was to do perhaps with Taiwan. It became public, and he said that Milley should be executed. That kind of talk Mm. is really beyond the pale. It is. I mean, there are so many things that Trump says or does that would be inconceivable in relation to any other political figure in the Republican or Democratic Party. Um, He basically accused uh, Mark Milley of treason, and uh, he said that it was, and this is the the quote on his uh, favorite social website, an act so egregious, Trump wrote, that in times gone by, the punishment would have been death. Yes. I mean, this is uh, extraordinary language to use uh, by by anybody, but particularly by a former president and someone seeking to retake that office. It's uh, clearly troubling and clearly something that only Trump appears uh, able to get away with. Yes, and we have to reflect on the fact that, and it's not a new fact, that he does appear to have a grip on the Republican Party or at least on a considerable section of the Republican Party. But it is fair to say, isn't it, Niall, and you made the point, I think, in a piece of yours I read in The Hill, that there are people in the Republican Party who are appalled, as anyone else is, by this rhetoric and these 
threat and saying that he is on a, on a vengeance mission. Yes, there are absolutely those people, uh, and I spoke to a number of them. I, I think it must have been for the piece you, yes. you read. And th- those people are appalled on a number of levels about the kind of language that we're talking about. Um, but also, most of those people are, uh, I would say, um, sincere ideological conservatives, yes. and they don't believe uh, that Trump is uh, has really any fixed beliefs at all other than a kind of cult of himself and doing whatever would assist him in the moment and punishing people who go against him and rewarding people who show loyalty to him. The, the people that you mentioned who generally are grouped under the label of never-Trumpers have more or less given up hope in the short term, though, in terms of the Republican Party, because Trump's dominance of the primary has been so complete. You already mentioned his clear victory in the New Hampshire primary uh, just a few days ago, and he won in Iowa the first contest, the Iowa caucuses, by 30 points and forced Ron DeSantis uh, out of the race. DeSantis having, at the outset, been considered Trump's most serious rival. So, I mean, Donald Trump has a very firm grip on the Republican Party at the moment, which has had the effect of marginalizing and uh, dispiriting some of the voices that you're referring to. Yeah, just a final point before we move on to the issues that will matter in the coming months. He appears to have issued a threat directed at the very wealthy people, billionaires, most of them, who remain as Nikki Haley's donors and threatened them in quite a specific way that he would be coming after them and that they would not be welcome in the MAGA world that is Make America Great Again world that he intends to govern. That's right. He is taking great exception to Nikki Haley's decision so far to stay in the race. She's a talented politician. I don't think today's Republican Party is necessarily buying what she's selling, but she's offering up a more... uh, traditional Republican perspective, and Trump is incandescent about the fact that she's staying in the race. One of the reasons she's able to stay in the race is that she has quite a few wealthy donors. And uh, Trump just a few days ago said that anybody who makes a contribution to her will, uh, in his words, be permanently barred from the MAGA camp. We don't want them and will not accept them. Now, that's a, I mean, somewhat vague exactly what he means by not accept them, but clearly suggesting that there will be consequences to donors who continue to contribute to Nikki Haley's campaign and that there will indeed be retribution and of some fashion taken against them. Yes. Now, some people have said that many people, including Joe Biden, that this election really is about saving democracy in the United States of America and democracy is on the ballot, as it were. And when this was put to Trump, he denied that he would be a dictator. But there was a caveat, except on day one. Mm. And what's going to happen on day one, we can only imagine. But he is no longer disguising the dark side of him. Mm. We've said many times, and many people feel he's a buffoon, a clown, and many other things as well. Am I right in seeing something sinister emerging, not just through what he says, but to the people around him and what they stand for? 
Yeah, I mean, I think that they, they, what they stand for is increasingly clear, and they make few attempts to disguise it. When Donald Trump first ran in 2016, there was this phrase that was used, I suppose intended to give people some measure of reassurance, and it was the idea that he shouldn't really be taken that seriously, that the media take takes him, I think, literally but not seriously, or seriously but not literally. I can't remember the exact phrase, but the argument was, well, it's just Trump saying stuff. It's become increasingly difficult to sustain that idea as he becomes more and more forthright about his plans, and the people around him become more and more forthright, forthright about their plans. The other point, Eamon, that I think really does need emphasizing, perhaps you were planning to come to it later today anyway, is right now, <clears throat> Donald Trump is, I would say, the slight favorite to win the whole ball game. I yes. mean, if an election were held today, he would probably beat Biden narrowly. And I mean, I was looking at the electoral college map of states for the first time just last night. There are only about six battleground states, and I think Trump would be favored in at least two of them, firmly favored. Yes. He would only really need to pick up one more of the remaining four, and he'd be in again. So yes. this is a very, very realistic possibility now that Donald Trump will retake the presidency. Yes, and Michigan is one of the mm -hmm. battleground states there. There are 200,000 Arab Americans, and because of Joe Biden's support for Benjamin Netanyahu, and because of the way Israel has conducted itself mm. in Gaza, Biden offered unqualified support at the beginning, mm. which is still his stance, although we believe he has tried to moderate in some way what Netanyahu was doing. Nevertheless, in the state of Michigan, I believe the polling is very bad and that those Arab Americans who would be naturally inclined to vote Democrat mm -hmm. and did at the last contest between these two men would not vote. They might abstain, as would many young left-leaning Democratic voters. Yes, that's right. And it's a really great point and very important to bring up Michigan because a bit as is the case with, say, Cuban-Americans in Florida, the fact that Arab-Americans are concentrated in Michigan gives them a, a degree of political power that they don't really have in the nation at large. And that effect is really very uh, serious in Michigan indeed. I mean, I, I don't want to run through every single poll, but for example, there's a CNN poll in uh, late November, early December showing Trump up 10 in Michigan. There was another one from the Detroit News, the, the, the main newspaper in the biggest city, showing Trump up 12, and that was earlier this month. So, I mean, that if those numbers don't change, Michigan has gone for Biden, having, as you say, won it in 2020. So that's one of those six states that I was talking about off the table. I think it's highly unlikely that Biden will carry Georgia again because it's it's basically a Republican-leaning state that he won against the odds. So that would be two of the six uh, gone and a very uphill climb for Biden from there. And just before we get on to the issues that might make the difference, Niall, it's important to recall and remember that he is facing 91 criminal charges. There are four indictments, four separate trials he will have to face. 
He's been found liable at a separate civil trial last year for the sexual abuse of a writer, Eugene Carroll. Mm-hmm. He has been convicted of a massive fraud in a court case that's running in New York now, the only issue being what his sentence will be. He is really extraordinarily, well, unbalanced, corrupt, and unfit to sit in the White House as president. It seems to us that that's the state of play. Well, there, I mean, there are certainly a large number of Americans who agree with you. There was a progressive organization uh, who recently polled on that issue, and they found 58% of Americans in their poll said that Trump was unfit to hold office. Now, how one finds uh, consistency between that kind of number and the polls that show him leading in these key states and to some extent nationwide, that that would take us too long to explain and there's clearly tension between those two views. But look, there is no possibility that I can see that any other political figure could face the criminal charges that Trump faces, could have, as you say, been found liable for the sexual assault of a woman uh, and is... 91 charges, including those related, of course, to January the 6th. I mean, no other politician could survive that, I don't think, much less be a 50-50 shot at worst to retake the president. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Now, the question of Joe Biden's afflictions, if we leave aside his unswerving support for Netanyahu, and it is personal because Netanyahu is the person driving 
the policy that Israel is pursuing. The upside for Biden could well be, as you point out in a piece of yours in The Hill, abortion is very much a hot-button issue. Mm. And the Republicans, because of Supreme Court judgment reversing the Roe v. Wade case from 1973, which permitted abortion, that has been reversed by the Supreme Court. Ironically, three of whom were appointed by Donald Trump. And that's not playing to his advantage or the Republican Party's advantage at all. Right, exactly. Abortion is probably the single biggest issue that plays to Democrats' political advantage. Now, as I noted in that piece, it's slightly ironic that it plays to their advantage because it emanates from the huge defeat for the liberal side of having Roe versus Wade overturned and with it the constitutional guarantee of a right to abortion yes. uh, binned, essentially. But that uh, decision's extremely unpopular. I said in one poll where it's almost two to one against it. And it has powered uh, not only Democratic uh, Democrats sort of stemming or curbing their losses in the midterms in 2022, but also uh, what are called ballot measures here, statewide referendums, have been held in uh, seven states now, including very conservative states. And the pro-choice liberal side has won everywhere. Uh, you know, including Kentucky, where liberals never win anything, yeah. or or Kansas, where they win very little. So that speaks to the potency of that issue. And both Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris are already campaigning quite vigorously on the, the topic of reproductive rights. Now, the Israel-Hamas war, if we can call it that, mm. this is a problem, it seems, for Joe Biden in this election. No question, yes, because of its capacity to divide the Democratic Party. And there are, it's worth noting, uh, you know, a, a fairly significant body of very uh, pro-Israel uh, Democrats, and, and Biden himself, of course, is extremely pro-Israel. That has incited the outrage for, I think, quite understandable reasons, frankly, from a more progressive people, younger voters, um, black voters tend yes. to be more sympathetic to the Palestinians than, than white voters overall. All of that is causing a problem. We have mentioned the state of Michigan in particular, where there is that high concentration of Arab American voters. But you're quite right to point out there are wider ramifications, and those ramifications are the uh, capacity for the uh, uh, Middle East issue to depress democratic turnout. Now, just one other matter, third-party candidates. There are one or two hanging around. Mm. Ironically, one of them is Robert F. Kennedy Jr., the son of the late Robert Kennedy, who was, of course, assassinated in 1968 when he had a good chance of being the democratic candidate for the presidency. And, of course, five years after his brother, John F. Kennedy, was assassinated himself. He's one of the possible third-party candidates. There's a Green Party person, Jill Stein, or Stein. Mm -hmm. And there's also Joe Manchin, mm. who's a senator, a Democrat in probably name only, but he's been a thorn mm. in the side of the Biden administration at times. That's right. And the big question is whether Manchin is going to run under the auspices of a group that 
I have a limited amount of time for, honestly, called No Labels. Uh, no Labels uh, purports to be a centrist sort of common sense, let's all come together and agree on things uh, organization. It's The sources of its funding for this effort to get on the ballot are hazy. And I think there is a widespread suspicion, certainly on, in democratic circles, that it's a sort of a, a vehicle to thwart Biden or to thwart Democrats or thwart progressives without sort of stating that uh, intent openly. Manchin is, as you say, a very, very moderate uh, Democrat. In fairness to him, he represents a state that's a very Trumpy state, West Virginia. Yeah. He is he has decided not to seek another term in the Senate. Um, that means Democrats will lose that Senate seat almost certainly because a, a a more normal Democrat would have no chance in West Virginia. So there's a question of whether Manchin runs, and then there's the other people that you mentioned, including uh, RF Kennedy, RFK Jr., who is um, a maverick, we w- would be putting it kindly, I would say, and Jill Stein represent- representing a more just hard-left uh, perspective by American standards. Now the big question on Biden's side of the equation, his age mm. and the perception of his him being infirm in many ways, just the look of him, which does even to my eye appear to have somewhat deteriorated. And the idea, I think, that most people in America, I'm sure, have grasped that were he to win and return to the White House, he would be 86 Mm. when his term came to an end. Yes, and that is a problem, not only because of the date on his birth certificate, but because of this perception that he has lost a step, as they say here, that he is not quite as sharp mentally as he uh, has been in the past. He can look sometimes, honestly, somewhat um, befuddled, particularly when he's, you know, entering or exiting the stage at his public appearances. Um, His voice at times can be strong and at times can be very... Uh, mumbly and and weak. And the important point, I think, on the age question, Eamon, is just how widespread the concerns about that issue are. Um, It is not only something that Trump people or Republicans are concerned about. There was a poll uh, last November where roughly half of Democrats did not think that Biden had, as the pollsters asked, the stamina and sharpness to serve effectively as president. Only 25% of all registered voters thought he had such stamina. That is a huge problem. I think the real danger for Biden is, is it disqualifying in the minds of some persuadable voters? Does does it short-circuit questions about policy or who would be better for the economy if people just look at him and think, that guy's too old? A final question, Niall, about, I think I saw a poll showing that in the head-to-head between Trump and Biden, Trump is a winner by 1%, mm-hmm. which is nothing we know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. However, there are two things to factor in there, isn't there? the significance and importance of the swing states, the six or seven states that are are close calls, which Biden won last time, but for reasons we've touched on, 
may not win this time, particularly the state of Michigan, but there are others. Mm-hmm. How close can this be, or is it too early to even begin to think about the winning and losing of it? It's probably not too early for one reason in particular, which is that the universe of persuadable voters in the United States seems to be getting smaller all the time. This, in fact, comes right back to where we started today. There are so many people who are just now adamantly, vociferously Republican or Democrat, pro-Trump or anti-Trump, pro-Biden or anti-Biden, that the the center ground has been hollowed out. Now, it is to a degree still where you win elections, though, of course, turning out your own base has become more important as well. Um, I think it's it's, it's much too early to offer a prediction because lots of things can happen in the intervening months. But it looks now like a close election. Certainly, if it were held today, it would be a very tight election and the odds would favor Trump. Um, uh, we'll have to see how circumstances change. Do perceptions of the economy become more positive? Do concerns about Biden's age become greater? Do concerns about Trump's authoritarian tendencies become sharper? Those are the kind of questions that might ultimately decide this. Is Steve Bannon still lurking in the Trump <laughs> circle. He is. He's, he does a, a podcast which is quite uh, widely circulated in that world and a number of the most sort of Trumpy either members of Congress or candidates for office come and pay uh, homage to him. Um, I mean, we've talked about Bannon before. He's on one level really a, a very intelligent man, but a, a man who has a very, very hardline um, beliefs and is very very vociferous in his Trumpism. A Democrat with a small d. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, it's uh, good to talk to you, Niall, and we're very, very grateful to you indeed. And please, God, we see this out, and your reporting will help people listening to the stand to understand this election, because it isn't simple, is it, an American election, for the reasons you just said. I mean, there are never Trumpers, but also... There are so many things in play, Mm. like the abortion thing, like Biden's age. And indeed, I just say this, I'm sure you saw it. Trump also had a moment when he got Nancy Pelosi mixed up with Nikki Haley. He did. A A very embarrassing moment, moment, actually. Yeah, what? One of the worst of those that I've seen from him started talking about Nikki Haley's role uh, on January the 6th when he clearly meant Nancy Pelosi. Yeah. One of the most indisputable examples of uh, Trump having a bit of a senior moment. Okay. Well, let's hope we don't have any on this podcast. <laughs> We're very grateful to Niall Stanage, and he is a great, great favorite with our listeners. And we're grateful to Niall, to all of you for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.